and welcome to episode number 51. Michaela here and John Barrera. And John, you want to go ahead and introduce uh, today's guest? That, not, the other John looked at me when I said this. <laughs> uh, do you want to go ahead and, and introduce today's guest? Absolutely. We got rocking K. John Kasurik. Hey, you nailed it. Kasurik, yeah. yeah. And welcome yeah. to the podcast, John. Yes. I'm actually a, a client of yours. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell the city of Kerrville what you do. So, um, I pick up residential trash on the county side. So, everybody that's inside the city limits is contracted by Republic Services. Mm. And so, they get their trash picked up by the big blue guy. And uh, if you're not picked up by the big blue guy on the outside, that's where I come in. Um, There's a bunch of little contracting companies like myself. And we come and we try to provide a service and... Do the best we can and pick up your trash. How long has your business been going now, John? Um, since 2015, roughly. And what did, what did you do before that? So I was in the oil field. I did about okay. seven years in the oil field. Um, I was there for a little while, and when I finally decided, or didn't get, decide, but I got laid off, like a lot of the guys did with yep. the that was a rough up and time down in the mid of yeah. the oil field, but twenty teens, yeah. Michaela yeah. and I were out there too. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you were wireline, uh, pipeline. X-rays. Oh yeah, I remember you telling yeah. me that. Yeah, and then I was on the rigs. Okay. Yeah. So um, I was doing. Um, I was learning directional, like trying to like save my job, like right at the end. Like I was doing MWD work, and then I was trying to learn the directional services. Side. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so we were um, just trying to. You know, once you drill down and you turn the pipe and oh, stuff yeah. like that, that was where I was at. But I was out there for 30, 40 days, sometimes longer than that. I mean, at the time I was married and I had a um, a wife that was at home with our son, newborn son. And like the very first year I was gone, 300 days of 365. Oh, man. And so like yeah. when I got laid off, I, I saw it as like a blessing and a curse at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, you I were made, making a lot of money out there in the oil field being gone 300 days, but. Oh, yeah, I made the best money that I ever made, like, in the calendar year, but at the same time, your home life. I mean, I've I've learned, especially now with the trash business and any other business that I try to help other guys, like, when I talk to them, I'm like, you have to have work-life balance. you got to have a balance, And so I know that Slumberjay, when I was working for them, they were, like, real big on, like, oh, yeah, everybody's got to have work-life balance. Yeah, but I only got a month off of work for my son being born because I had to request vacation days off. You, know? you were with and, Slumburger? Yeah, oh, Slumburger. So. And, and I don't know about Slumburger, but I, I do know that you know a lot of these companies, these corporations and everything, they, they have their slogans and they have their all everything written down to, to sound nice so they can check everything off. But when it really comes down to it, there, there's the uh, corporate standard, and then there's the the way that things actually run. Oh, oh yeah. No, you know? I was literally coming home, and then you'd get home, eat dinner, and then they'd call you and say, hey, I need you in Midland. And you just got home from Corpus or somewhere down by the you know the coastal yeah, line, yeah. and you're like, seriously? I mean, we had a safety guy one time that uh, it was like 50 degrees out, and this guy came out like uh, he was wearing like like two coats. And he had the ski mask on, and I'm like, dude, it's 50 degrees. It's not even. It's not even cold out here, you know. And he was like bundled up like that kid from the, <laughs> the, the Christmas party. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, when y'all are in your in your trucks out on the job sites and everything, you need to uh, make sure that you do a 360 walk around around your vehicle to make sure nobody's around you and everything. So 30 minutes later, we're at our at our site at the beginning of the pipeline. This dude pulls up right in front of us, right. 
No, he was already there when we pulled up. That's right. He was already there when we pulled up. We're sitting there for a second. Uh, my friend Steve gets out of the truck and walks over and starts talking to him and the project manager. And then the safety guy walks back over to his truck, gets in his truck, throws it in reverse, and backs right into the front of our truck. The safety guy. This was 30 minutes after <laughs> having the uh, the conversation about doing the 360 walk around. Uh-huh. He was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, and then you got to do all the safety paperwork and everything. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but I just, I just want to throw... I mean, there's two different... There's the written standard, and then there's the actual oh, yeah. standard out there, you know? Yeah. And for the most part, the written is followed, but, you know, as far as, as oh, yeah. work-life balance, that that's not a work-life balance, man. That's Oh, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. And so, like, Slumberjay, with their, like, policies, they would have you, like, you could only drive so much. So, like, literally me getting home for a four-hour drive, I'd eat dinner, stay home for an hour, and then they're like, oh, yeah, you can get back on the road for four more hours. Mm. It's like, what? <laughs> like... That's yeah. why you're, and then there was a handful of us guys that were from Kerrville that once we all funneled into one, one job or whatever, I mean, we all followed behind us. I mean, um, kudos to Wade Tinsley. I mean, he got us all out in the oil field. I mean, there was like at one time, I think a group of our buddies that were here, there was like 20 of us out there and then we were all working for the same company. <laughs> so it was neat, you know, we'd carpool and do whatever else until we went to other jobs and stuff like that. But. When I went to Slumberjay, I brought two buddies of mine with me from the old other company. We were working for Pathfinder Pathfinder Energy Services, and then they eventually got bought out by Slumberjay. Man. But. Yeah, I remember the oil field days. We were seven and seven, and then the DDs were still out there when we got oh, back. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I'm like, we, are we you were. serious? Y'all are living out here for three months? Oh, yeah. From hole to hole. Oh, yeah. And it would go, like, in, like, some of the stuff, I mean, they would skid. We'd get three days off, and. Had to be back out there just uh-huh. to make sure they wouldn't go into the next well. While they were moving rig? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so 2015 came around. Uh, you got laid off from the oil field. Yeah. And you wanted to make a change. You, you decided to go into business for yes. yourself, I, I, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, so there was a guy that I kind of modeled my business after, and local guy, Mike Slaughter. Okay. Um, so he's a police officer here in town. He uh, sold his business to Vaquero. I talked to him, and... Uh, he gave me a brief runaround, like in kind of like details of like, hey, this is what I did, blah blah blah, and uh, he's like, Harry's doing the same model, like whatever, you know. He's like, I helped Harry Holt out, you know. Harry has a business, and so I kind of like looked at what they were doing. Um, of course, like I said, Mike had sold his business to Vaquero at the time, made a pretty good amount of change on it, and was able to hold. I think he held like a like some kind of manager position for them for like a year or so before he left them. And I think his brother took his spot and then whatever kind of dissolved after that. But Harry grew his business and I kind of like followed behind Harry. Um, We had like a gentleman's agreement kind of when I started, like even though I was living in center point right down the road from Harry, it was like one of those things like, Hey, I'm not going to take your customers. You don't take mine. Like Mm -hmm. let's go after big blue and the big Brown guy. Yeah. And, uh, let, let's take their customers. So that's what I did. I mean, I went and I'd drive down the street and I'd, you know, talk to people. Door knocking. And, oh, yeah. That'll humble and you. So um, when I first started, I, I got with um, a small person that I knew, like out of uh, San Antonio, and he kind of told me, he's like, look here. He's like, it's not going to work very well. He said, but try this. And so he gave me like a little bit of knowledge on uh, Every Door Direct. 
which is like a mailing system. Mm. So I literally did 400 postcards out to Bandera because that was my target group when I first started. And uh, I got 20 customers out of those 400 postcards that I sent out. That's actually a good ratio. And so it, it really was. And like hands down, like the guy that was helping me, uh, older guy, he's like, um, I don't believe, like, I don't know how you did it, but good job. Like, and so like I, I would say yes to everybody after that. Like for the first year, I literally, anybody that was in the general vicinity within like, 20 miles or so of like from like the city center, like I would say, yes, like I was almost just going to get just to get customers. I yeah. was almost going out to Hondo, like to get a couple of customers that mm, that is that why like, it adds up every month. It oh does. yeah, it yeah. was. And, but the problem was, and, and not to knock on like certain areas, but there was certain areas in Bandera that I had 10, 12 customers when I first started the area. And then I would have to chase more than half of them for payment. And so okay. then as I grew the business, stock. yeah, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> where it was at. I, I didn't want to say it, but you did. Um, but yeah, but I had, you know, I had about 10 customers out there. Six of them were like ones that I had to chase after. And then I had four that were like really good, like super would pay on time or before and didn't have any problem with them. And so as I transitioned out of like not taking those customers, I've always been the one that's like, there's been other companies like Republic that'll just, they won't pick you up anymore. Like it's, Hey, we picked you up last week, but we're going to decide not to go over there anymore. And they just don't show up. Mm. And so I wasn't that guy. Like, it's like, Hey, I'm going to be leaving and here's two options for you. Like, I'm going to give you two more extra weeks, but that's it. Like after those two weeks, like I'm done. And so it was kind of heartbreaking for some of the, like I had one little lady that was there and I kind of was like, she was like one of my first customers out there. So when I sent the postcard, she was like, yeah, I was like, I'll try. And I was like, sweet, like, let's go. And so it was, it was a networking area where I was able to talk to her. And of course she ended up um, giving me a, a few other people that were in Bandera so like the networking part of it, like me being personable to people, like when I first started my business, it was like, Hey, hi, how are you doing? Like I would take some time to say hi and, you know, not just drive past. Like if they were outside, like, a, you know, I'd wave or, you know, do something like that. And a lot of people don't do that. Like they just see a customer and like, sometimes it's more money and stuff like that. And like, I try to be more personable with it. My wife gets on to me sometimes because she's like, when you're on the route, it takes an hour extra because you're literally saying hi to everybody that's outside. You're adding value, but, but it that, does. Yeah. And it builds it relationships. Really does. Yeah. And so, um, and that's what I realized, you know, is, is growing my business. Like, so I started, you know, on the back of my business card, it says refer three people, you get a free month. And so word of mouth, like eventually built my business. And so by the end of the first year, I was roughly at a little bit over 80 customers. And so okay. I thought I was doing good. I really was. I mean, I did good with that. There's a young man that I'm mentoring here in town um, named Jaime. Um, we helped him with his business and I kind of showed him a little bit. Um, he ended his first year with 180. Wow. So 100 I mean, that's more, a lot. That's a yeah, lot of customers. Your 100 first, more yeah. customers than what I did. But of course, I explained it to him too. I'm like, grow areas that people don't want to go in, like find a niche area, you know, whatever. So, for example, like me and Harry and Speedy and Jaime, all these different people are 
smaller people, but we kind of work together even though we aren't the same. You know what I mean? Network. It's kind of like a, it's a network. That's the best way to put it is a network. So we network together. Like one of them goes out to Lower Turtle Creek where one of us won't. Like I'll go out to Medina Children's Home, but I won't turn down Lower Turtle Creek. Like you go okay. past Camp Kickapoo, that's all Speedy and Sons. Mm-hmm. You go up towards Mountain Home, that's um, Harry and Speedy. And of course they divide it up. I mean, uh, Speedy lives over there. Um, Kenneth, I can't think of his last name, but yeah, he lives over there. So that's more of his niche. Harry has a pretty good niche in like center point. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, we all kind of like understand there's like a balance where, where each one yeah. of us is at. Like Jaime goes to like the outskirts of like Harper. He goes like comfort. Um, he goes to a couple of the little places that a lot of us won't go. And there's of course, there's a couple of the little startup guys that have just started that are working and, they work on like Saturdays and they'll go do stuff, but it's the same thing. Like if we know that a company's leaving and we don't want to go to those places, we of course tell this uh, company it's two man trash or whatever it is. And we tell them, we're like, Hey, we're not going over there. Um, this is an idea. I do the same thing. To that Hyman. says a lot about your, and so your company. It's that's, really, it's really incredible. N- you know, yeah. you're not trying to, to scrape every, every dollar you can out, oh, of, yeah. the, out of the area. You know, yeah, and so, and with diesel prices going up, you know, mm. I was more or less a mediator yesterday. I mean, I'm not proud or anything about it, but it was a good thing because I am kind of like, I don't know a stranger. That's my problem. Like, I will go and talk to anybody and everybody. Like, it's just how I am in nature. And so, I made phone calls yesterday to all the guys and like, hey, I'm like, hey, our base price is all pretty much the same across the board. Diesel is eating us a lot mm-hmm. and it's not going down five bucks a gallon. Yeah. And so I talked Which to the guys insane by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But that's another subject. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I talked to the guys and I'm like, look, here's the numbers on what I've been spending. This is the numbers of like what I would think, you know, what diesel could be. Said so I talked to those guys over at uh mini Mart and they were like, we don't see it going down. Like we see it going up farther than what it is now. maybe even six or seven dollars a gallon. that's what he told yeah. me he's like i he's like honestly he said i hope that it doesn't get there but we're thinking like a cap probably at like six fifty seven dollars mm. yeah like, well there's oh. only three slots so 999 is as high as it can go yeah, yeah. And, and and midterms are coming too so yeah so i mean you hope i mean and there's a lot of politics to it and i'm not going to get into that but you know we open the pipelines you know and think some of that'll help flood back you know to the united states anyway yeah and so but going back so i talked to those guys i talked to every single one of them um of course the little guys that work on saturdays like i don't know all of them that are out there but i was able to reach out to the bigger companies of the four you know and kind of explain to them and like look you know so i think we finally came to like an agreement and so we're going to kind of watch how it goes the next week or so Mm -hmm. and then kind of like base our are we're going to have to go up. I mean, it's just inevitable, Yeah. but we don't want to be so far up that we're like creeping the same price as big blue and you know, the Brown guys that are over there. And so who are the Brown guys? Um, so waste connection. Oh, okay. So they used to be, and so why I say the Brown guys is because they have Brown trash cans. The blue guys are public services because they have the blue trash cans. Yeah. So it's not a racial thing. Everybody. Okay. Definitely not. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just getting out there. And so those guys, you know, they they charge a fuel surcharge. So right now, their price, when you look at them on paper, like they'll be able to tell you, hey, we'll match you. But then you get a bill. So I had a lady that 
for an example, I had a lady that was on Lower Turtle Creek um, on this side, on Ben Denton Road. And I had talked to her and she's like, yeah, I got my bill from them. It's like 200 and something dollars for the quarter. I was like, what? Like, you have to be kidding me. Like, I'm right under $100 is where my price point is. So for- about $33 a month. And that's where, you know, when you get trash service. Yeah. Uh, that's where you expect it to be somewhere somewhere around oh, yeah. there. About a dollar a day yeah. is what you expect. And yeah. so, yeah, she was getting that. And she's like, well, they said that they would beat your price and do it at 87 she said, but I saw fuel surcharges, administration fees, like what? aunt and uncle fee and everything else. And I'm like, aunt and uncle fee. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just, I mean, just fees on top of fees. And like, so I told her, I said, well, call them. And I said, if you're happy with them, I said, call them, you know, cause like her, her biggest thing is, so I, we asked for all of our trash to be bagged. Like that's a, a just a factor. I have my guys. It's a courtesy thing. Yeah, yeah. I have them pull it out of the trash can. They throw it in the back of our trailer and then we throw it out of the trailer when we get to the dump. So we don't have those big, big trucks that, you know, and have those automated arms. Other it's, companies do that as well, not just yeah. your company, right? And so that's mm-hmm. how we keep costs down, especially for like these other littler companies. Yeah. So, I mean, because we're not paying the maintenance for the hydraulic hoses and stuff like that. And because of that, you know, we're, you know, we try to be personable, you know, we're there, you know, we're picking it up, you know, throwing it out. If a dog gets into your bag, you know, I try to have my guys yeah. you know, pick up. Yeah. And as so, a customer, like they do a great job. Really, so, everything yeah. that you put in a the bag, they take. And you know. you know, some some companies. I know my company that I have. I'm not going to say what the name of the company is, but it's a. Uh, they have a contract with a uh, certain place around here, and I mean, if it's if it falls out of the trash can when it's getting dumped, and we don't have to put our trash in bags, but if it falls out of the trash can, oh, yeah. and it, it lands on the ground. No, I know uh, they're not getting out of their truck. I no, know they're, they're not. About. They're not getting out of their truck. It's going to be there when I get home, mm. uh, and and I'll get to pick it up when I get home. Oh yeah. So no, and that, and that's a huge difference to be able to say, you know what, if something does fall out of my can, well, at even, least at least they're gonna pick up pick mm-hmm. it up and, and get rid of it for me. Yeah, even waste connection, like I mean, everybody wants to blame COVID for everything, you know. But you know, I still had I gave my guys, you know, gloves, hand sanitizer. I told them, you know, hey, if you don't feel safe, whatever, don't pick it up, whatever. But for the most part, I mean, we tried to be as clean as we could. And um but um sorry waste connection went to one can and that's it they used to do one bag on side the can and the can because they used to have guys get out and now they're they're the same thing like republic services if it's not in the can they're not getting it mm. because they want to be able to put it um right there and uh be able to uh to, to get it and and not have any issues you know yeah. with it and so moving forward, you know, that's, that's one of our things. Like I always tell customers, like if you have one extra bag, like you've had a party or birthday or something like that, that's not a big deal. We'll take it. You have 20 extra bags every week that's because your brother story. and sisters yeah. bringing their trash down too. Yeah. We'll talk about adding a, mm-hmm. adding a can. And yeah. so, and that seems feasible. I mean, I had a lady call me yesterday. She's like, well, you're not taking all the trash. It's like, well, we're contracted to take this and you're taking advantage of us. So we're, we're going to take this, but if you want us to bring another can out, we will. And she said, well, let me talk to my husband. It's like, well, you have to kind of understand, like, we're running a business here, too. Like, I can't necessarily take everything for you and then take everything for your neighbor. Right, there has and then, to be a limit. Yeah, you know? and so there is yeah. a... And with most of the other guys, you know, we say that there's an unofficial limit. Like, it's basically what fits in your can, you know, for the most part. You know, but I'll take grass clippings and, you know, stuff like that. If you bundle your your tree limbs up and tie them up, I'll take one of those, you know, every other week or something like that, you know. 
But I have other customers that'll call me too and say, hey, John, we got a whole side of our garage full of like limbs and stuff like that. Do you pick it up? And we'll schedule a cleanup. I mean, that's not a big deal. We do those things too. That's I've, awesome. Yeah, that is good. So we've done that for realtors too. I mean, that's part of our business, but not like direct, like doing it every single day. But um, I have realtors that call me um, and shout out to the Tinsley group and Casey Jans over, you know, Keller Williams. They're my two biggest like realtors that call me and say, Hey John, I got a cleanup job and, and uh, I need you to come do this, do this and do that. I mean, we just did one for Tinsley Realty group and we did one back for Casey. I mean, so it's, it's really neat. Like the networking in itself, absolutely. because yeah. um, like to Casey, for example, like, she she lives out in the county, um, but when she moved into her house or whatever, she had literally probably got me, I want to say almost 10 customers just from closing. Like, people will say, hey, do you know Trash Guy? And she's like, here. Mm-hmm. And so when she started with me, like, she had, like, three months of free service. It's so just, powerful. That's awesome. Yeah, and so, but yeah. it was the reward behind it. And she's like, no, John, like, I really want to pay for this. And it's like, you have paid for it. Like, you just don't understand, like us networking the way that, that it's working. I said, it's not just you and me, like we're helping each other out. And so, I mean, they call me for, I mean, other things like if there's a closing, I mean, you understand this, you were a realtor at one time, Mike, but if somebody has a closing and they walk through the final walkthrough and then there's like a couch or a hot water heater out of place, like they'll call me and say, Hey, we need you to come get this before the people come in, you know, for last yeah, they, thing. You want it as clean as possible. And so yeah. we do things like that. And so like, it's, it's pretty neat, like on how all that works and how how we've been able to network it all and and get it, you know. Are y'all on a Kerbal Small Business Network page? So, I am. I don't know if I'm with them. My, no, it's a Facebook page. So yeah. Well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not sure if I'm with them or not. My wife has typically like started taking over with social media and some of that stuff over the last like month, month and a half. And so I know that she's been adding me to a lot of groups. Yeah. So I want to say yes and no. I know that we're part of the Young Chamber um, and some other like stuff, but I don't, I want to say and, yes. And that's a big thing going on, too, that but, Young Chamber, Young mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs oh, yeah. is, is huge, too. So yeah, yeah, big shout out to Katie Moore and everybody over there oh, that, yeah. that puts um, that on. Katie, Katie has switched like her, her um, like what she's doing right now. I think she's more concentrated on real estate right now and what she's got going on. I know that she kind of stepped down out of the spotlight over there. I think it's more Taylor Finley and okay. um, Angelica Ramos. She's another uh, good one to possibly get into. She started her business, uh, Funky to Fresh. She does uh, it's dog grooming. Well, you just answered uh, John's final question for the show this morning. What's that? Uh, who a oh, good yeah. guest would be to have oh, yeah. on, yeah. yeah. I've been starting to ask every guest, you know, who do you recommend, There's, somebody who makes an impact in Kerrville? Man, I could give you a list of a lot of different, like, places. So, like, before COVID, I tried to start a small, like, if you look at my Facebook stuff, like, there's a thing on there. It's, like, Bluebird Media. And, like, I tried to start, a, like, a small business, like, helping, like, type deal. That's what this started as. And so, yeah. And so, it's one of those things, like... um, when I initially started it, I had like two smaller businesses. I'm just going to not say their name, but um, they lacked internet presence is the best way to explain it. Like they were just stuck in the older times. And so my goal with, with Bluebird Media was to go through and like 
evaluate customers and see where they were at and like help them evolve is mm-hmm. the best way to do it. Network and evolve. Like who can we put into your network that'll help you build your business and where can we get you from where you're at? Because COVID was killing a lot of mm-hmm. businesses, but this was pre COVID. So, I mean, I was just trying to get people to like, like figure out like, Hey, like for example, Facebook has like a great targeting thing. Like you can go on there. Mm-hmm. My wife does it a lot of times with like my business. Like she'll do like the, the ads and then we'll target a certain area. So you can go male, female age, you know, there's a different, like you can do addresses And so you can do it within and then how many people do you want to target and talk to and stuff like that? I mean, and so you grow it and like a lot of people don't know how to use it. Mm -hmm. And so the goal was to, to come in and if I had time was to educate people how to do it. And if they wanted to do it, then cool. If not, then I would charge them on the back end. Like, Hey, you know, a little bit, you know, to run the advertising part of it, Mm -hmm. but it never got started up, but I still like, and that's a big uh, thing. Oh yeah. And that's, like click funnels was was oh, built yeah. off of, of that exact platform oh, yeah. for people yeah you know go to your dentist office and and get the dentist office signed up you know what i'm talking about oh yeah exactly yeah, yeah and, and there's so, a lot of money in that you know and so um eventually like i got a lot of irons in the fire right now my wife like i helped her get a couple clients you know there towards the end of the year and she's like i'm gonna return the favor and you're going to realtor school so let's add that iron to the fire mm-hmm. so Two classes in, I got four more to go, and then the state and national test. Hey, that's so, huge. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. You go. But it's John, just one you want to you want to say anything here? Uh, yeah, I, I just finished up mine too. It looks like everybody's getting in there, you know. Dude, everybody's getting in the uh, niche. Coach, yeah, <laughs> we coach actually had coach here, on yeah. the podcast, and uh, yeah, so I've talked to coach a couple times. Like when my wife was getting in and out, and of course, um, she had a death in the family. She took a little time off, and then. Um, got back into it and killed it like her last two, three months of the year last year. She had like six or seven clients, you know, that all closed, got into houses, did whatever they needed to, which is great because the average realtor, and of course you're not going to want to hear this, but they do about five transactions uh, a year. You know, that's the average. I mean, that's trying to work your, your sphere of influence as they call it. Um, Typically, your first year, three of them are like close family friends, and then two of them are referrals. But like it's within that six degrees of whatever they call it, like that you know the person. You know what I mean? So um, I think pre-COVID, I think the inventory to number of realtors was like in the negative number, like just because of the number of realtors that they had. But you look at companies that are like the Tinsley Realty Group, um, Summer's running a great thing over there. They have built... Oh yes, she has. She'd be another another, yeah. another great one to yeah. have on the, Absolutely. the business too. Yeah. But uh, literally, I mean, from the ground up, from where she's at. But it's one of those things like she's taken her network from like close to expand it out. So when my wife first started working with her, she, I think she did thirteen transactions with them her first year. Brittany that she has worked with her, I think did thirty one last year as a rookie agent. Wow! And so yeah. I mean these. Summer's program works. It really does. But you have to work our program. Like she provides leads and does other things like for, for those people that are coming on first year. Like, so I think she's over 20 something agents like in her team. But like I said, you work her system, you're going to make money. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. There's some people that just sit back. It's, it's anything in business. I mean, right. if you work it, you're going to make money. If you sit back, there's a lot of young kids that I try to tell 
I'm like, you know what? If you're not working it, you're not going to make any money, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it's sitting back. I mean, everybody wants, Hey, I want money. I want money. I want money. Well, what did you do to get, earn your money? Yeah. You got to get I out mean, there and knock on the door. I got an eight year old at home. Yeah, that, right. I got an eight year old at home that if you tell him, Hey, you want some money, you want to come mow my lawn? Like I have a couple of neighbors and he always is like, I want to mow your lawn or do you have anything to do? Like there's a young lady that's down at the very corner and she's always like, yeah, tell your son to come by. Like, I have some yard work for him to do. And, like, he'll do it. I mean, eight years old. He has a small savings account. This, I mean. This kid's going to be extremely just, successful. It's, it's just one of those drive. Yeah. And so yeah. It's, it's the drive to do it. And, like, he'll tell me, he's like, hey, Dad, I want a bat or I want a glove or whatever. And, like, a lot of times, I mean, he doesn't really want for nothing. But if he, if it's something that I really know that he wants or needs, like, I'll get it for him. But if it's something like a. $300 bat. I'm like, all right, well, I'll meet you in the middle. Like you save the money for it. Like I'll go buy you that because realistically right now he's eight. He doesn't need a, a $300 bat, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. $60 Walmart bat's going to survive and do the same thing. He's right, not playing, right. you know, but, and, and I've talked to some other guys too. Like I get him, he'll get in lessons. You know, there's a couple guys that are here too, that do lessons and stuff like that. And they even tell me the same thing. They're like, don't spend your money till they're like middle school, high school. He's like, he's still learning it and he may change preference of mm-hmm. that bad or size or whatever. It's like, just get him something small. And because next year he's going to be swinging something different. Mm-hmm. It's an expensive sport. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But All yeah. right. Well, uh, we are kind of at the 30 minute mark here. Uh, John, do you have anything that you want to get out there to the public that you just, and it can be, I mean, just anything. What are you, what are you want to spit some fire? <laughs> or whatever you want to talk about, something cool going on, whatever, whatever you yeah. want to do, man. Man, my biggest thing is like, um, so a couple things. One is like, so business with any business that you own, networking is going to always be your biggest thing. And I'll tell that with everybody. I mean, you, some people are scared to get out there and say hi and whatever else. But if you make a point to go tell somebody hi, even if it's a little lady in the grocery store, I mean, you don't necessarily have to have an hour long conversation with her, but you never know how just saying hi will change the perspective of somebody like in their outlook of the day. You know what I mean? Like everybody's yeah. got like something going on and that's the truth. I mean, everybody has something going on. You don't know what it's going on in their life unless you put their shoes on and you really don't know. I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. I was talking to a guy and, uh, we were talking about how we went by the school and one of the guys was like, I saw this kid. He was wearing the same clothes. I saw I was picking up my niece or nephew the day before. And it's like, when I was in high school, I used to make fun of those kids. Not me personally, but you know, he was talking about this, Mm -hmm. this episode. I mean, this uh, issue. And he's like, I used to make fun of those kids when I was in high school. He said, but now I'm a grown adult and I understand. He's like, I didn't walk in the kid's shoes. He said, but I don't know what that kid's going on, got going on. Him. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people yeah. don't know. And, and that's you why see like people when you see, you know, they're driving decent vehicles and they're, oh, yeah. they're wearing decent clothes and or they're or they're not. Or, you oh, know, yeah. and you see them and you're like, yeah, everything. Oh, look at them with their perfect lives. Every, everything's good. Everything's perfect. But oh, yeah. in reality, we all have things that we're we battling. Fight, we all like, have our yeah. issues that we're dealing with, you know. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. You never know what somebody's going through. I mean, San Antonio I mean, podcast. That covers it really well. You know, you, you see Miss San Antonio she, and you think, oh, she's got it all made and everything. Oh, yeah. No way. It, it was a good one, too. It was, yeah. My, uh, mental health, you know. 
my wife posted something the other day because uh, somebody had mentioned something to her and like she just got f- kind of fed up with it and then she was like you don't know where we've been like little backstory to my wife like when she was younger she struggled with drugs and alcohol whatever and then she went past that and then yeah i think uh last I know, year I know there's at least two of us in this room that <laughs> yeah. yeah and then last year she she had an episode whatever she like i said her brother had passed away and then she got real real bad and you know and it got to the point where kind of like split ways i pushed her out of the house like i had everything that was going on and um like i said it just was a bad deal for all of us and and so it wasn't and so then january 2nd came along um of course she was out of the house at this time she was with uh, one of her friends and she decided she was going to be sober and this was two years ago now and so she decided she was going to be sober and after that i mean it was it got a lot better from there you know and so she's been been able to to do different things I i went with her for one meeting and i've been in and out like I don't have, I guess they call me a normie in the um, in the community or whatever, because I don't struggle with drugs and alcohol. But my backstory to me is my dad was an alcoholic. He died from alcoholism. And so, like, I saw that. And so, like, I'll drink one beer or whatever when I go out, and that's it. You know, I admire I mean? because that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's hard. impossible for me. <laughs> and so, yeah. it's just one of those things. But, like, it's because I saw my dad. My dad had to get up every morning and have a fifth of vodka and go about his day like it's it was a sand, cup of coffee sad yeah. situation yeah. yeah and so um me and my brother lost him when i was in high school but you know it was just one of those things like i've just and so sometimes i don't have i wouldn't say like um tolerance for it but like it like really upsets me like i'm like you can make better choices but on the back side of it like i kind of understand like an addiction is a disease and like and all that other stuff and so like you don't really know unless you're standing in those shoes. It all goes back to that same, same type deal. And so, um, another thing that I've been doing kind of is working out kind of. And so I had a guy that also, you don't know what you're going through, you know, but this guy messaged me. He's like, what magic pill are you taking? I'm like hard work and exercise. Mm -hmm. Just like Chelsea says, you know, and it's like hard work and exercise. It's like, so it's whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. That's so right. that goes yeah. all the way around hundredfold. You know, if you're putting in the work, it's all going to come back. And so that's where I'm at. And sorry, I've been rambling, but no, that's no, good. That's and a that's, good spot right there. Absolutely. All right, John, you got anything else you want to ask? Uh, John Kasurik? I uh, just thank you for coming on. Thank you for adding value to the Curvo podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. Thank you so much for yes, coming sir. on. And, well, I appreciate and, uh, you guys. We'll for have sure. to get you back on again here before too long too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Absolutely. All right, well, that's going to go ahead and wrap up uh, episode number 51. You can get us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook as well, and always at CurvillePodcast.com. So we'll see you uh, Tuesday for episode number 52. Mm.